Welcome to episode 17 of the At Bat Baseball podcast presented by War Media, where we give you our thoughts on the latest Chicago baseball news as well as take a trip around the league. I am Saul Rodriguez along with Miles Porter. How are we doing today, man? Doing good. Trade deadline coming up. Lots of uh, lots of talking going on with very beloved players in the Chicago land area again. So, you know, it's that time of year where it's time to cry. <laughs> Oh hell! Oh yeah! And then the fact, and yeah. the fa- and then I just noticed the fact that like our next episode is on, you know, the the you know the day of the deadline. So that's gonna yeah. be inter- it's gonna be really really something to watch out for. Uh, but obviously we always start with the Miles Corner. How did Miles? How how did uh, Miles and the Milwaukee Jaguars do this weekend? Man? Hey, you know we had a little bit of a tough game uh, this weekend against the uh, Rivermen of Waterford. We lost five to eleven. Uh, they had a good pitcher on the mound. We faced them. We faced the same team on opening day uh, and came with a W. I think they learned a lot from the last time we played them. Uh, had we won that game, we'd have been tied for first place, but that's okay. We got two big divisional games coming up this weekend and playoffs are right around the corner. The all-star game was right before that. So we are very locked in on finishing strong and, you know, trying to bring it home with a chip this year before we move, before we move leagues next year, we're moving up a league next year so that's exciting we're still going to be in the same league that we're in but we're also going to play in the wisconsin state league which is a very competitive semi-pro league so we're excited for that and uh you know finishing trying to finish out this year strong uh, i mean and talking about finishing strong you've just been playing strong the whole season as i'm, I'm i was looking at your stat page bro and mm. 1575 ops <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. playing bro you're, you got you, you got better numbers than mike trout right now bro <laughs> it's true hey, man. hey just you know working working hard working hard this in the off season trying to you know create uh, more opportunities for myself so it's all it's paid off so far so i'm happy about that still grinding hell yeah no yeah it's what it's all about man no you know there's no there's no cap to success yeah i keep going there you go right, yeah, yeah. hell yeah all right so uh, we're going to start off today with the White Sox and of course the all-star break is come and gone. Um, and we'll get to the, uh, all-star game, uh, after we talk about the Cubs and the White Sox. Um, cause obviously there's plenty to talk about the all-star game. It's a pretty, pretty cool event. Um, for the White Sox, they start, they started the second half kind of the same way that, you know, uh, the first half, um, uh, not necessarily ended, but just how the first half went. Um, and that was splitting a four-game series with the Cleveland Guardians, two games apiece. Um, now they started the series; they started that series losing to two straight. Were able to bounce back and win the next two. Um, in the in one one key day out of that was the doubleheader. Um, in the win, Lane was able to uh, finally have you know one of his best starts, if not his best start uh, of the season. Um, in in that five to four Sox win. Uh, Josh Harrison had a great catch to end the game. Uh, Moncada drove in two. And Yon Moncada, man, he's been killing it since, you know, it's been uh, in his last seven games. He's got he's got a miles like OPS, 1253 on there. And uh, in the in the in that loss, uh, Johnny Cueto with another quality start, his 10th of the season, which is crazy to, you know, to hear. Uh, Sox lost that one seven to four. Man, Tristan, Tristan McKenzie uh, has been in fi- it's been on fire. Um, and when you look at the numbers, I mean, you could have easily seen him also make the All-Star team, man. But yeah, he's he's got he had uh going into that start against the Sox, it's 20, 24 straight scoreless innings until the fourth inning when uh, Grandal uh, knocks someone in. Um, 
but yeah, the the what I thought about the Guardians too in this series overall um, was they don't strike out a lot, and they had a lot of hits in the series in general with two strikes. Oh. Like they do that a lot, and also um, we talked a, a a bit of Stephen Kwan at the beginning of the season, the first week he was on fire, um, and. Actually, when you look back at his numbers, he's had a solid, solid campaign so far. Yeah. Hitting 285, he's got a 364 on base percentage and an OPS plus of 111. So as much as he's not, you know, my, uh, you know, Mike Trout, the way he looked at, you know, Aaron Judge, you know, with how he looked in the first week of the season with those numbers mm-hmm. he was putting up. Right. But he's 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 been pretty solid part of that team. Uh, in the finale against. Uh, uh, the Guardians of Sox had Dylan Cease, and he outdueled Shane Bieber, so that was also good to see. It, it's just Cease, you know, going out there again and showing why he could have easily been at the All Star game. I mean, he low he lowered his ERA to two hundred three. Um, he's just nasty, and one of the nastiest things I seen uh, when I saw his, his when I was looking at his profile was the fact that um, he has not given up more than one earned run since May twenty fourth, and it's either been one earned or nothing uh, since then. And he's K'd eight or more in seven of his last eight starts. So I mean, it it's just video game stuff. But um, when it comes to uh, the Sox and the way that they play the Guardians in that series, um, it's just same old, same old, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. And and it's it's very it's very tough to watch in a sense of because we're, there's so many great things we're highlighting right now about this team. I. I said this, you know, in, in the a few weeks ago, I said it in the beginning of the year when they started struggling then. This team is so talented. I think it's just a matter of just finding that consistency. Because when they win, they're a very dominant team, in my opinion. Uh, when when they when they're uh, you know, when everything is clicking on all cylinders, when the pitching is doing well, uh, you know, we see Mokada heating up and everything. There, there's so many great things to take away from this White Sox team. I think it's just a matter of finding that consistency and, and and we are at the point where okay let's try to find that soon so they can start making a run um you know they can start making you know, some sort of deep run going forward i know there's a lot of white Sox fans right now that are very fed up uh i know there are a lot of white Sox fans that have a lot of critiques and they would do things differently all very understandable um i think it's just you know like i like i keep saying i'm i'm really i look at the pieces of this team Hopefully they can make some sort of big splash at the deadline. I think that is one thing that they do need. Offensively, maybe. I think I think maybe adding one more person, one more solid arm to that staff, maybe an arm or two to that bullpen as well. I think that's going to help them going forward. But, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. This is a team that is still that is still very, very talented. They're, they're, they've been sitting at 500 this entire year. They just need that extra push to, to keep going forward. So... You know, let's see what happens at the trade deadline. I, I'm hoping that they make moves that benefit them. And I think it's cool that the deadline is a few days later this year. So, um, you know, that gives teams, a, you know, a couple more days to kind of strategize. And, um, you know, let's see let's see what unfolds. But there's no reason why this White Sox team doesn't make a push. I think it's just a mental thing at this point. Yeah, and, and also, I mean, they're still, like, in the thick of the race, obviously, with, you know, being four games back of the Central, and I, th- I believe it's just three and a half games out of the wild card. Yeah, out of the third wild card spot. So, I mean, everything's everything's in their hands, you know, to be able to get back, you know, towards the top of that and be able to, you know, 
make a run. And the thing is, is like I was also wondering is what they kind of uh, are on the search for. What what could really because. Yeah, you, you, as you said it, they could add a bat, you know what I'm saying? But it's like it, you you almost look at them and you're like, man, they could use something everywhere, right? And it's like that's kind of that doesn't necessarily sound, you know, like a good thing cuz it, then it's like where do you fill in the spot? But right. I think the pitching is the one that you can almost de- always like depend on regardless of what how the guy's going like. I know Lucas Giolito is struggling, but you know, you have that, you know, you know what Lucas Gilito is, you know, that maybe, you know, he'll have a great run in September going into October. Like you just know the type of stuff he has. So you could depend on that when it comes to the offense. So that's the problem. And I think that's the one where they would have to uh, find a bat or even the bullpen too, as well. Um, Cause like, I was thinking, I know that earlier in the season, uh, Frankie Montes was, you know, uh, thrown around and, and I know his health is kind of in question right now. Um, but that's, you know, one of the guys the Sox were, you know, considering. And I haven't heard much since that. So um, I think, you know, I wonder what, you know, the Sox are thinking in that in that perspective. But I was thinking, too, that Vogelbach was a guy that for the Sox that would have been, you know, you know good to see. I know when I yeah, had Chris Pennant, Chris Pennant on, he, we talked about it and stuff like that. So yeah, absolutely. Um, that would have been – it's like, a, like, you know, you guy you, you buy low on and he's like, you know, he's having a solid season. So – Definitely yeah. a guy that they would consider, and uh, and but I mean, there's also just you know plenty of guys out there the Sox could get that you know they wouldn't have to give up a lot for Trey mm-hmm. Mancini, for example. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he would DH um, for right. them yeah. and stuff like that. Um, hell, even Patrick Wisdom, for example, right from us. So oh. um, definitely, you know, there's guys, there's guys out there that they, they you know they're able to get you know enough for not it wouldn't cost a lot. Um, yeah. But, you know, when it comes to, you know, the races, um, it it just like when it comes to like the AL Central and, and I just look at it and it's just like I don't necessarily see the Twins falling out of that number one spot. And I still see the, the Sox, you know, and they're going to end up being like a wild card team if they make it in. Um, but I mean, hey, like I said, they got it all in their hands and and uh, it, it all comes down to, you know, how they do and what they do at the deadline, too. So. Um, and yep. in that finale, the Sox ended up winning six to three. Um, they got home runs from Larry Garcia, AJ Pollock, and Eloy Jimenez. Uh, Eloy Jimenez has been looking like himself since coming back from the IL. Um, you know, hitting bombs. Um, but yeah, the the Guardians against the Guardians, uh, the Sox are five and eight this season. I think that says a lot about where they're at in the, you know in, in the standings and just where they are at um, in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they also they now uh, will go ahead and play two games at Colorado and then three games at Oakland. Um, that Colorado series uh, obviously could go either way because you know we always say playing at Coors is just like you know it's it's random. Uh, anything can happen. Uh, and then three at Oakland. That's just a series the Sox gotta have. Um, but looking ahead, um, how do you see the Sox uh, matching up with these two teams over the next week? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think on paper it's 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 so easy to say that uh, the White Sox are going to go into these go into these series and, and pretty much just mop the floor. Um, but it's it's baseball. We've seen a lot of um, I really I wouldn't really call them upsets. Not really during not not with the way the MLB schedule is is set up. Um, I think anything can happen. But at the same time, you know, you go to you go to somewhere like Coors Field in Colorado. Um, the White Sox are a very are a very uh, dominant team offensively, 
So I'm hoping that they are kind of able to overwhelm the Rockies a bit. Um, you know, the, the guys who are able to elevate the ball, hit the ball in the air with a lot of authority, you know, that's that's one of the main keys of playing at that stadium. I look at someone like Aloy Jimenez. For me, if, if I'm his hitting coach, I'm like, find something up and just elevate it. Just elevate it the best you can. It doesn't matter to which part of the field you're hitting it to. Um, at this stadium, if you get the ball in the air, even if you drive the ball the other way, if you're, if you, or if you shoot for dead center, you got a chance or you're going to hit, hit the ball over someone's head. I think that's the main thing. And also making sure Moncada stays hot. Um, and, you know, the pitcher's keeping the ball on the ground. That's the big thing there. Keep the ball out of the air, just like I was talking about for the White Sox, for them to hit the ball in the air. Pitchers got to keep the ball out of the air. Any sort of fly ball is fair game. Um, Chris Bryant's having a very good year. Uh, that's no secret, along with a few other players in, in that Rockies lineup. So, you know, I think keep the ball out of the air. That's, the Rockies are a team that can still hit. Look at the athletics. Um, <laughs> there's, there's not, there's not too much to say there. You know, they're, 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 they're coming. You know, I think it's a matter of just dominate at home. They're, they're coming to us. So I don't see a reason why the White Sox do not defeat the athletics, a team that's kind of blown up this year in a sense. So you know, I'm feeling good about these next few series. I think the Sox, like you said last week, they have a pretty easy schedule going forward. And I think this is a time when you take advantage of it. Take advantage of these two series, um, get some momentum going, so you guys start feeling better about yourselves. Yeah, and and, and we talked about it before the the All Star break is the fact that they have one of the most, if not the most favorable schedule in the second half. Um, and obviously, we said e- easier said than done, right? But it, when you're a team like the White Sox with the pieces you yeah. have, it, it, yeah, yeah it's, it's easy to be like, hey, you know, they should be able to do this, and they should be able to beat these teams, yeah. um, and you know, you got to have some confidence. I think they will going into those series, but they just got to execute. It's really all. It's really just to seem like the problem for the Sox this year has just been execution, right? Because yeah, that's it, yeah. you know, they obviously they obviously got the guys, but um, when it comes down to playing that series and playing those, mm-hmm. you know, hitting those pitchers, it's a different story. So, um, yeah, and, and the thing with the the A's too, uh, talking a little bit about them and and just the fact that you know that's another team that is going to obviously sell, and they have you know the, besides Montes as I mentioned before. Actually, Ramon Laureano is actually somebody I feel like also that the Sox could get, and it yeah. wouldn't cost them a lot. Right. So that's that's you know it's a guy that you know can play defense and hit and do a lot of things. So it's an, it's another guy to have um, on your mind as the All Star, uh, excuse me, as the trade deadline a- approaches. Um, all right, so now we'll switch over to the Cubs, uh, who are now thirty nine and fifty seven. They started off this their second half on a high note for as much as you can for them, but it's a five game winning streak. So, you know, hell is frozen over. Uh, it's, you know, ne- you know, it's it, just like it happened a few weeks ago where they won. I think I mean, how many was it, like six games or something in a row. I yeah. think it was around the same. Age. I was like, what's going on, but whatever. Enjoy the ride while you can. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they came in and swept the, the Phillies. And, uh, and I mean, if that doesn't say it says more about the Phillies than it does the Cubs, obviously. And just how where they're at, and I was like, man, that's that's rough because yeah. I was honestly expecting to go into Philadelphia and you know lose two out of three or something just because they mash, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and 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 we went in there and just you know smoked them. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, Seiya Suzuki continues to rake off the injured yes. list, and he was a big problem. He was a big problem for the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Uh, in game one, uh, the Cubs blew him out. 
Uh, Nelson Velasquez, two home runs. Uh, Suzuki with his home run. Uh, Wilson Contreras was his home run. And uh, Suzuki and Hap, they each had four hits. Um, I believe in that game it was like 19 hits the Cubs had or something like that. Um, In game two, uh, the Cubs outlasted the Phils in extra innings. Uh, Nico Horner was involved in uh, two of the biggest plays of the game. Uh, the home run and the the stolen base, and we talk, man, we talk about Nico Horner. I mean, with oh, the, that guy, and we saw it, you know, and you saw it in person on Monday night. Uh, yeah. the, the like the way that that guy impacts games is insane, and yeah. we saw it, we saw it, you know, perfectly in in this game, game two against the Phillies, particularly also, you know, besides the one on Monday, but that game two against the Phillies, got a hit, stole yeah. a base, mm-hmm. and ended up being the game winning run. So yeah. it's like. You know, or at least the go-ahead run in the tenth, but eventually the game-winning run. Uh, but the, you know, just the way that he plays the game and impacts it, it's been awesome all over, all all around. Uh, in in game three, Jan Gomes homers twice. That was that yeah. was that was crazy. Uh, that. Drew Smiley goes uh, six strong innings, um, and uh, the Cubs complete the sweep. Nelson Velasquez hit another home run. He's got five. He's got nineteen. And there's another thing. There's another thing too. That guy, dude. That guy's pop is crazy. And the thing is. Yeah. I didn't know if it would translate to the big leagues because mm-hmm. last season I believe he had, he had over twenty something like that could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. but this year he has a total of nineteen, uh, including the big leagues. So I mean it's looking it's looking pretty good. I mean I'm you know he the the, the numbers aren't all there, but his power has been something you know to be proud of there. Um, and then of course like I said, game one that you were at against the Pirates, um, Nico yeah. Horner added again two RBIs, including the game winning hit. Uh, oh, Adrian Sampson, seven innings, two earned runs. Yeah. Um, and Sampson's been good too, man. He's got a FIP of 365 yeah. and five yeah. starts with us. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been good to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, during the stretch, there's been a lot of good stuff. But one of the things that I thought about too was, man, uh, Wilson Contreras and, and Ian Happ, they are raking uh, to yeah. and to basically end uh, their uh, Cubs tenure. Um, yeah. So, yeah, what, so what are your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously, like we mentioned a little bit about Nico and, uh, yeah, Happ and Contreras, Suzuki, just raking. Yeah, I'm going to be very, very honest about the Wilson Contreras and the Ian Happ um, scenario right now. I think, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to lose at least one of them. At least one of them are going to be dealt with at the deadline. Um. You know, I, I I respect I respect you know the the Cubs management for really looking towards the future and trying to to build this team into uh, you know something that we were you know a few years ago. Now here is here is my my concern here is here is my honest opinion about it. How much more do we need to get rid of? Um, how much more of this veteran presence? do we need to get rid of now it is it is great for us to keep bringing in young talent getting uh and 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 dealing guys who have had so much success you know at the big league level some players that we've that we've grown to love and and wilson and ian Hap. how much more though like how how much more At, at some point these are these are some players that i think it'd be very good to build around if not wilson i think ian Hap is a great player for the cubs to continue to build around in terms of that leadership in the dugout. Now, you know, Hayward isn't going anywhere for at least another year. We know that. Um, but I think, I think in terms of a player who is, who is playing every day and who, who has 
had that offensive and defensive presence. That's that's a that these are these are guys who I think it is worth keeping around. I look at teams like uh, you know, the Reds who have kept Joey Valdo around no matter how great or bad they have been. Uh, the Cardinals of the Yadier Molina. There, there's, there's many examples that I could think of teams keeping core guys to, to, to build around with young talent. I just, how much more are we going to, how much more are we going to ship? How much more? Because, because if this doesn't work out three, four years from now, these guys are going to hear it. This management is going to hear it. They're going to be held accountable uh, rightfully so. Um, you know, was, was it not enough with, with Javi, KB, and, 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 and Riz last year? Um, how much more? How much more? And, and, if, and if we are going to do this, if, if we're just going to continue to blow up this roster, I, I, I hope they are what we get in return. I, uh, it's not me doubting the prospects or anything. I think every prospect is talented and has potential. I hope we properly develop these players because we'll be doing not only the players an injustice, we'll be doing the fans an injustice and, and the current players on the MLB roster. That is, that is where I stand with all this. Um, don't just blow up this roster and expect to get these prospects and everything's going to, you know, go, go smoothly. Um, develop these young players, really try to build, build something strong here for the Cubs to be successful in the future. If not, then we're just getting rid of players and nothing's going to be, nothing's going to change. That is where, that is where I am keeping my fingers crossed for this to work at every single angle, every single angle with the players, with the management, hope it works out for the fans, for Wrigley Field. I'm hoping that this all kind of plays out the way it's supposed to, because if not, Someone's going to be held accountable, and rightfully so. Rightfully so, fans should be frustrated. Players should be frustrated. Uh, it says a lot for players like Wilson and Ian, who say Wilson being emotional when talking about it. I think that says a lot um, as a player who's so talented, who's brought to tears about you know the possibility of him leaving. My opinion, that's the guy you keep around. Same thing with Ian. So, you know, let's see what happens. No, yeah, I mean you made great points, and just the fact that like. It, and it's funny because there are the management is already hearing him, right? It's like just hearing like the fact that you know why are you training this guy? Yeah, extend, yeah. extend these guys. I don't like think it's yeah, they're they're already hearing it. So yeah, uh, yeah I don't know how much more you know or what what exactly is going to happen, but um, it, it just feels like inevitable at this point. That's why yeah. um, it, it's it, yeah, that's just the way it is. I, and um, it, yeah, it, it is rough to to see like a guy like Wilson. You know, he the the dude, you know, wears his emotions on, on his sleeve, and and the fact, like, seeing how much he loves the city, seeing how much he loves the team, yeah, it does yeah. make you think, like, damn, like, why get rid of a dude like this? Like, this right. dude will look, will go to war for you, for your city, for your team, any day of the week. So, um, yeah. it's yeah, I mean, and the thing is too is like, as if you were gonna deal these guys, it seems like that you know, packaging them up is probably the smartest thing to do. And that's probably, that looks like it's what it's going to happen. I mean, it looks yeah. like it. I mean, the Padres are interested in, in getting uh Wilson and Ian Happ in the same yeah. deal. Um, yeah. And I think, I mean, that would get us a pretty good, a pretty good stack, especially from the, from the Padres. But yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's, it's just tough to, tough to be like uh, super happy about them departing when you just know that, you know, they, what, what they could have been and, and like yeah. the thing is, and I've said it before, is like, uh, 
I think that the Cubs don't want to spend the money on Contreras uh, because of his age, et cetera. They just they just don't see it. Like they don't see it. Um, is what to what I, how I how I uh, receive it right and yeah, yeah. Uh, with yeah with Ian Happ, like that's the one I I don't get. Like he's every time he, the dude plays, he's been he's put up great numbers. Yeah, he's even he's even improved defensively. Not that it's a crazy mark or anything, but that's the one. Like his age, I don't. I, he would be cheap for the Cubs. Like I don't understand um, why We're not get rid of a core young player to get yeah. more young players, but we haven't taken good care of yeah. our young players. I'd look at mm-hmm. Pete Crow Armstrong, and there's multiple other prospects right now who either aren't hitting well or they're injured. Yeah, that's where I'm very, very worried. I look at like Brent Davis. I look at Miguel Amaya, and then another prospect, another pitching prospect. He's having shoulder shoulder surgery. I, I for, forgot his name. Oh, um, uh, Braylon Marquez. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm, you know, I'm just how much, man? How much? Yeah, it's it's just it's just the whole thing. It's like here we go again type thing, and it's always like yeah. you know that's probably why it's like such a tiring you know such a tired yeah. topic and stuff like that, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's uh definitely something we'll be we'll be talking a lot about in the next uh, couple episodes. Take care um, of and these I'm, young players. If we're gonna yeah. do it, make sure we're taking good care of these guys. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I hope I hope so. I hope that you know the Cubs see that you know some of the players they've you know uh have had in their system and have not been able to get up to the big leagues yet, and think like, maybe did we do something? Have we done something wrong to, up to this point? How can yeah. we be better and help yeah. them out? So, yeah. Um, but moving on to, and actually, I'm gonna cut it off there so that I can because we have two minutes left. So I'm gonna cut cool. off yeah, there yeah. and invite you again. All right. So we'll just go into uh, the upcoming week and and uh, the rest of the pirate series and the, the Giants. All right. Cool. These go by quick, bro. I didn't realize. <laughs> Dude, for real. I know, I know it always gives me like a ton of breaks, bro. I'm just like chilling out of my own business and then boom. Yeah, bro. I'm enjoying it, man. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, like, For real. That's, but that's probably why, too. That's probably right, too, right? When you're, when you're like shooting the shit, like talking about fucking something you like, it's like time goes, time flies by, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah. That's probably why. All right, here we go. All right. Now let's look at the rest of the week for the cubs uh they're playing one more against pittsburgh um that's actually happening happening right now as we record on tuesday yeah, and then they play four that, more yeah four more in san francisco um so what do you think about the rest of the week i think or how do you feel about the the this series against the pirates and what kind of little statement they can make for third place as much as they can right like if they want to take third place is a good place to start and how do you feel about them traveling to San Francisco? I think they got they have a Apple TV Plus game on a Friday, and then a, a Sunday night baseball game. So it'll be a good series against yeah. the team that's on the bubble, the Giants, um, yeah. and just another opportunity for the Cubs to play. Uh, spoiler, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think you know take care of business today at Wrigley. Um, you know this is this is it for for Ian and Wilson. Yeah. Let's send them off. Let's send them off on a high note. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know I feel I feel good about the Cubs right now at home. Um, you know, I think, you know, going into, going into San Francisco, that, that is going to be, uh, quite, a quite a challenge for the Cubs, but they're, they're more than capable of, of playing spoiler like they always have. Um, so I think, you know, take care of business here at Wrigley today, uh, you know, complete, complete this two game sweep, but, you know, I love, uh, I love Keegan Thompson on the mound. I think he's going to, you know, take care of business like he has to, 
Um, and you know, just just going forward with that series uh, in San Francisco, expect the battle. Um, don't take any moments for granted. Be a little bit smarter on the base paths. Well, if there's one thing I noticed yeah. at the game yesterday is that the Cubs were very aggressive, very very good. I I I, I like that. Um, it was clear that they were that they were testing the catcher. It was clear that they were testing the outfielders a little bit because. Um, the Cubs do have some speed, and I don't think there was really any outfielder yesterday arm-wise that stood out to me. Um, but I think just be smart on the base paths, especially when you're in San Francisco. It's a very they're very big, uh, very big ballpark, very big uh, field with like a lot of wide dimensions. Take bases when it's necessary, but in this game today at Wrigley, be a little bit smarter on the base paths. Um, respect the catcher a little bit more. Um, so you know, I think I think the Cubs are more than capable of taking care of business today at Wrigley. Obviously, we don't know the Pirates, the Pirates, or the Pirates against the Cubs, and one in San Francisco. That'll be a little bit more of a challenge. But you know, the Cubs just got to hang in there and you know pull out what they can. Yeah, and and this thing like that that's I think that's what separates good teams from bad teams is when you see some of the fundamental play, and like yeah. we saw it in Philadelphia. I mean, the the defense that the the, the Phillies played has been a problem the whole season. You know, yeah. and and the Giants probably have one of the worst, even worse, maybe even worse. Like I haven't checked the numbers, than the, than the Phillies, and that's kind of been their downfall. They've been, I think, like they're like twenty eighth in fielding percentage, and, and and you know have a high number of errors, and it's just been it's just been a, a tough go there. But yeah, the Cubs need to be better on the base paths, uh, and definitely respect more of the catcher for sure. Um, also, we will now talk about the rest of the league, and 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 into that. We'll talk a little bit. We'll go backwards a bit and talk about the All Star Game and just our overall thoughts. Now, Chicago had a you know they had a good t- they had a good time at the All Star Game because you know Tim Anderson got a hit, uh, Liam Hendricks got an out, uh, um, Ian Happ got on base um, with I think he had a walk. I guess just the only zeros were uh, Wilson didn't get a hit, and then uh, um, uh, I forgot. I think was there one more Sox guy I'm thinking about. No, yeah, that was it. So uh, Wilson, you know, went over two. So yeah, just uh, overall thoughts on the All Star game, man. Well, like, what did you think about um, the mic up? Because I think that honestly was the best part of the game, just hearing the guys and hearing people talk about, you know, what was going on and, and the pitcher and the catcher talking to to, to each other. Like, what what was your uh, favorite parts of the All Star game? Oh gosh, the, the, I think I think, and you know, I, there's a lot of people who agree with this. I had I had some friends over the other day. Who are watching the All Star Game with me? It is it is the best All Star Game in sports because it's not the kind of sport where you can kind of just you know whatever things. Uh, that was one of the most competitive games of the year. It was it was awesome. It was very pitching heavy. I think um, I love the I love players being mic'd up and, and and you know talking to each other while talking to the announcers. Um, it's such a great showcase for baseball. It's really the best of the best. You know, show being showcased to the world. Um, I thought it was a great all-star game this year. I do want to see the NL win because, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just like you think you think we're going to win and then, uh, you know, three on homer. No, no, two on homer and then, and then another bomb to follow. And they're just like, okay, maybe next year. Because uh, <laughs> after that, yeah. there really wasn't any, any, any fight that was put up. But, um, you know, it, it was incredible this year. I absolutely loved it. I just love seeing the guys on the mound pitch. I love, you know, seeing Manoa go to work on the mound. I love hearing Hendricks talk while going. On. It was just, it was just so fun. It was awesome. So I think so many great things to highlight from this, from this all-star game. So it was just, 
you know, please, MLB, keep going, keep going with this and keep building off of that because that's great for the game of baseball. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the pro- probably when it comes to of like maybe not necessarily in in uh, in gameplay, but one of my favorite All Star games when it comes to like everything else, like the mic'd up stuff, and you really we really heard so much, and I feel like even I watched like the. I watched like a video of just like the mic'd up parts, not even like the, of the game, like highlights of the mic'd up. And I'm like, dang, like there was so much and it was so fun and, and, and hearing that and seeing that. And, um, but yeah, no, I mean, as you said, as NL guys, yeah, I mean, it, I honestly feel like I was telling the, I was telling my friends that I was like, bro, like it feels like it's the same thing every year, right? The NL takes the lead, get a run or two. Yeah. And the AL hits like three home runs and then they ended up winning. It's always, it's like, yeah. and the thing is, it's like, they've, I think the NL has only won two out of the last like 14 or something yeah. like that. Like yeah. that's Great disgusting. Number. Like that's just <laughs> like, that's just, and, and, and what's funny too is, um, uh, because they've talked about this before is that the AL has just been dominating this, this century in the all-star game. But apparently the NL dominated like in like the eighties and seventies or something like that. Like they had a stretch too where they won like ten right. in a row or something. So yeah, we just ha- we just have that that luck of being bo- being born in the wrong time for the NL and we're never <laughs> never seeing the, you know that that type of stuff. But hey, the way I, in the World Series though, at least. A lot yeah, of yeah, yeah. I was gonna yeah. say yeah, I was gonna say well, we do have the success of the Cubs winning the World Series and the NL just being so good in the World Series. Right, uh, where right, it matter right. where it matters, which is kind of funny because right. You know they used to have like the obviously they used to have the home field advantage thing, which now they don't. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, that that that's kind of that is pretty funny. But yeah, no, it's um. Also, what did you think about the um? Uh, obviously, it almost happened, but the AL one thirty two. But if they would have been tied after nine innings, they would have done that home run derby style like tiebreaker. Like, what what did you think about that? And like, I think the AL had like Julio Rodriguez tie for or not uh yeah Julio Rodriguez I think it was tie France. Somebody else I forgot. I, uh, Devers, I think, or Stanton. Anyways, whatever. But uh, I think the NL had Pete Alonso uh, and some other guys. Like, what were your thoughts on that situation? Did you want to see that? Oh, my God. <laughs> Let me tell you how lit that would have been. <laughs> that that would have been so cool. That's like some Savannah Bananas type stuff. <laughs> yeah. For those who don't know the Savannah Bananas, Please do your research. They yeah, are so it. fun. That is mm-hmm. one of the most fun versions of baseball I've ever seen in my entire life. That would have been so cool. And I'm hoping that with how there has been a lot of solid pitching in the All-Star game the past few years, I'm, I'm hoping that next year we do go into extras because that would be so cool. Um, I think it would have been I, – I think, I think that would have kind of – stretch the outreach of baseball alone just in those moments right there um because you 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 have you have the all-star game and then you kind of have another home run derby in in the same day in the same night the same evening um so that would have been that would have been so cool i was hoping that that game would have got tied up and then we would have gone into that because that would have been sick so i'm hoping for that next year yeah, no, I mean that when when I saw that the fact that they announced that the day of and 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 uh, leading up to that, excuse me, <clears throat> that was pretty cool. I mean, I, I definitely want to see that so bad. And obviously, it would have benefited us. If it would have benefited the NL. 
you know, being able to tie it in the, in the, in the bottom of the inning. And, and you know, what sucked too was the fact that, um, Ian Happ was left on the on deck circle. And like, I was like, yeah. man, it would have been so sick if he would have, you know, gone up there, um, to tie it or to, you know, uh, win it, I guess. But, yeah. uh, yeah, no, it, it's been another good year of, of all-star events. And yeah, I mean, as you said it, best all-star game bar none, like, it's not even yeah. like a, it's not even like a bias thing, bro. Like it just right, is, no, it is, it just is like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually, um, I like the MLS one. I'm a soccer guy. I yeah. like the MLS one because mm-hmm. they play against like, you know, one of the best teams in the, in the world. Like yeah. that's cool and all, but still it does not match when it comes to talent. Like at the end of the day, it's still mostly, uh, MLS guys, you know, at, no offense, but it just compared to those, you know, best teams in the world. It just, you know, yeah. it just doesn't it equate to that. But um, when I talk about other All Star games too, the NHL one's not bad either. They've improved it over the years, right? Yeah, with the whole, yeah. whole three on three stuff and the tournament. Yeah. But again, still, it, it's not not you know not the same. And you, they still are pretty chill about it. Like they're not hitting each other and stuff. Like it's not a real right, game. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. like in, in baseball, you just can't fake it. You know what I mean? It's like you yeah. you have to go up there. And even if a dude's throwing you a meatball, it's not like you're like, I'm going to crush this. You know, you got to you gotta go out there and do it. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, so, um, yeah, I think it definitely is the best all-star game, you know, no doubt about it. And, Absolutely. yeah, and it's cool that they – it's cool that they're experimenting with it too because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't um, – um, like, you know, it doesn't affect anything with the home field advantage as it used to. Uh, so it's cool that they're doing stuff, you know, like the home run derby to, to, to break the tie and stuff like that. So hopefully MLB continues to do stuff like that and, you know, stuff that will, you know, make it more fun. So, um, another thing I want to talk about, get your thoughts on was uh, over the weekend was the hall of, hall of fame induction. And, uh, they inducted, uh, David Ortiz, Jim Katz, Tony Oliva, um, and many more. Um, but I, we can really only talk about, David Ortiz because we saw him play. Um, and I think that's pretty cool to say. Uh, every time you talk about a Hall of Famer and that you saw him play. Um, but we'll start off with you, man. Like, I have a couple of moments in my head of, of uh, some of my favorite Big Poppy moments. But what are you, what would you say, oh, you know, not only what you love about the guy, but what do you say is some of your favorite moments about Big Poppy? Oh, gosh. I don't even know if I can point to one <laughs> moment for Big Poppy. I... I'm such a fan. There's so much of my game that has been influenced by him. I got to say, like, oh, God, I can't point to one. There's been so many playoff home runs and hits that he's had. I'll say this. One of my favorite seasons from him was in 2005 and in 2006. Um, In 2005, he had 47 home runs and 148 driven in. Good God. The next year, he popped 54 and drove in 137. And it's, I just, his whole, his whole impact on the game is, is just incredible. His outreach is, is, is ridiculous. I think who he is as a, as a person and, and who he was as a teammate and the joy that he brought to the game is just, you, it's something that you cannot, uh, you, you, you can't overlook. To be that talented and then to be that great of a person, I just uh, wow! I, I admired everything that he did. I admired I admired him such so much as a player and still do. And I had the chance to meet him when I was younger, when the Red Sox came to Wrigley, and it was just 
it was just he's he's one of my favorite players ever. Um, and so you know, to, to see him get inducted into the Hall of Fame is just for me. It, it, there's nothing more that makes me happy. So I just you know very well deserved. We all knew it was coming. It was inevitable. Um, so you know, this is this is just huge and. It brings me so much joy. Unfortunately, the Red Sox got absolutely stomped during that weekend. So that is one of the things that you don't even want to think about or highlight. But they, but you know, big poppy for for not only baseball, his outreach in the sports world, and makes me so happy. Makes me so happy. I I, I cannot go on enough about this. So this makes me so happy. No, yeah, it's 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 awesome, and and seeing a guy like that, you know, get in. Um, and for how much joy he brought to to fans watching the games, it's yeah. well deserved, and it's it's pretty, it's just awesome. And um, the thing is too is like, um, as you said, that there's a lot, a lot of moments that you could pick from this guy, like just endless. Um, but I, I think the one, the one that honestly, the one that sticks in my head the most, um. And to be honest, I wish I was, I wish I was like watching. Cause I, I mean, I officially watched and started baseball in like 05, 06, where I avidly started watching baseball. Right. I wish I was around for the 04 so that I could have watched that comeback. You know, I could, I'll be, I didn't watch that. The comeback from, um, uh, the Red Sox and, and, uh, coming back from three zip. Um, but that, that hit that he had in, uh, in game four to, you know, continue that game and, and stuff. That's pretty awesome. But the, what I did see, uh, was part of the 2013 run when uh, they were facing the Tigers in the ALCS and they it, were facing a Tigers team that had a depleted bullpen. It was a bullpen that was not dependable at all. And uh, Ortiz went up there and hit a, a, a game-time grand slam. It was five, yeah, it was five to one in the eighth. Hit a yeah. game-time grand yeah. slam. And that was just like one of the sickest things. And I was, it was funny because at the time it's like the Cubs were so bad. And yeah. I was like, you know, yeah. I'm, I I I love to cling on, you know, on the you know on the on the cape of another team, just hang on and and uh, yeah. um and that was the thing with the Red Sox that year too. And yeah, I mean, just so many moments. And what do you mean to the city of Boston? You know, during you know yeah. during you know when the when you know the Boston bombing happened and his how speech. big he was to that. Yeah, his speech yeah. then. You know, um, it, it's it's in the fact that he, he the fact that he was almost not even able to attend his own. Hall of Fame speech because of course um, he uh, uh, got shot like I think it was like a couple of years ago now at this point um, yeah. and the fact that you know he you know clung on to life and you know was able to make it it's pretty pretty insane to think about Powerful stuff. Um, yeah so it's cool to see that and I think uh, another oh another guy too that um, I personally want to talk about just because like and I mean you, you can chime in too if you'd like but yeah. uh, um Tim Kirchin was honored too. Um, and I, th- it, I believe it was the, he was honored as the, yeah, career, uh, career excellence award. And, uh, Tim Kirchin, of course, reporter for ESPN after all these years. And I think to me, it means a lot just because, um, growing up watching like Sunday night baseball, John Miller, Joe Morgan, like the dude's been there since the beginning. Tim Kirchin has even before, even before I, obviously we started watching, but uh, it's seeing reporters and stuff like that get on there like that. It's just awesome. And um, Tim, I've learned a lot of stuff over the years um, yeah. from Tim Kirchin and, you know, his, his little uh, uh, tidbits that he has um, on Sunday night baseball. He has some of the, the quirkiest, uh, most random stats, most random, you know, uh, facts about guys. And um, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, 
guys like that to get honored it's cool uh just because of what they've uh done for the game and what they've given back to the game and and what yeah. they you know the relationships they've had with the players so yeah um, yeah yeah it's, it was it was cool to see that and uh always like broadcasters getting getting honored too just, it's just cool to see that too one of those voices that we grew up with you know and, yeah you know we, we when we think of baseball we think of him and i remember a few years ago it was it was a couple of players jp or eric sebia and and uh, Tim Dillard did these impressions of him on, on ESPN and MLB <laughs> Network. And it is the funniest thing in the world because you were talking about the random stats that he comes up with. Mm. And they did like this, this whole skit about him. And it is so funny. And even when he saw it, he was cracking up too. So just, <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. He deserves to be honored. And just, it's just, it's just cool. Like it's cool. It's a cool community to be a part of when it comes to the baseball community. So great for him. Yeah. And uh, one more thing uh, before we go. Uh, still, they they're talking more. We've been talking more about um, or the people have been talking more about Juan Soto and and where he might go and stuff like that. And uh, he had a tweet out um, because of the uh, Derek Jeter documentary that came out. Derek Jeter tweeted out. Um, he said, uh, "Quote: uh, Loyalty one way is stupidity." And Juan Soto retweeted that quote. Retweeted that with just a period but he ended up deleting it. Um, so I think that really just <laughs> says a lot of um, of where Juan Soto and the Nationals are. And also yeah. with the, when you know, on the, there it, it was rumored that uh, he wasn't even, um, they didn't, they didn't uh, send him in, the, in a Nationals plane. He just went yeah. commercial, yeah. Um, which is insane to me because it's, not only is he a pillar of your franchise, but the fact that he helped you win the World Series and you're not going to send this guy to the all-star game in the right. way that he should. It's, it's unbelievable. But on, on the other side of this though, is there's a lot of teams in the mix. You know, we, we said it last time, the Dodgers, the, the Yankees, yeah. a team we didn't mention is a team that some believe is a front runner and that's the St. Louis Cardinals. Right. And that would be just an absolute, gut punch to the NL central. Like just to think that not only would the Cardinals solidify their shot at winning the NL central, um, but the Cardinals would have him for the next two years, possibly if they extend him, obviously even more. Um, Just what are your thoughts on that? And uh, what do you think ultimately is going to happen in that? Yeah. So that's interesting. I just, I'm just now learning about the Cardinals part. I think, I still believe that the Cardinals are a team that probably needs a few more arms in their bullpen. I think Juan Soto adds more to that already potent offense that they have. Um, oh, that'd be that'd be a nightmare for teams in the Central. That'd be a nightmare as if the, the NL Central isn't already struggling enough. Uh, cool, make it make it worse for us, Thanos. Um, so I think I think it's just uh, yeah, there's you know all these teams are in the running for them. I think it's you know it's fair game. Um, you know, like I said before, another thing that's being tossed around is that, you know, maybe he does want more money, but I don't know how much more, more money you can offer him. But if there's one thing that's clear, this is the player that wants to win. And if you lock him in and you're not winning now, he's, you know, he, he realizes, yeah, I'm not going to be winning for a while. So for him, it's not just about the money. It's, you know, I want to I want to play, play on a team that's going to be competing um, because I, I want to win. Um, and clearly the Nationals haven't been doing that since the World Series, and I think that's fair game. Um, so, you know, fair game for every other team that is in the running for him. Um, bad move by the Nationals for not taking care of 
they're not only their star player, but one of the main stars in baseball. So shame on them. Yeah, and and, and also the thing is too is like, and uh, Bryce Harper talked about it. Or he's talked about it before. And the thing is, is that the Nationals offered him four hundred fifty mil. Yes, yeah. right, yeah. but that deal is just another type of uh, deal where it involves uh, deferred money for yeah. years. I mean, for example, mm-hmm. Scherzer's still being paid by the nationals. Um, but it's like, you know, that I, at first I thought I was like, that's a cool idea, whatever. Bobby yeah. Bonilla, for example. Right. Um, but Bryce Harper made a good point saying that like, you know, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. You don't know if you're going to make it to a certain age or you don't know if this is and that, I want my money now. And yeah, yeah. yeah, when you kind of think about it, I'm like, yeah, what the hell is the difference, right? You're going to have the money now. You can, you know, store it and not use it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, uh, some, you know, maybe something that Soto took into account. And, you know, Scott Boris, his agent was like, probably like, you know what, you know, get, you know, a deal with higher um, annual value and less years. Maybe that's what he's looking for. Who knows? Um, Regardless, if he does do a long year, like a like a or sorry, a multiple year deal, like you know seven or eight years, probably gonna get five hundred mil. So um, yeah, it's gonna be really interesting um, to see what the Nationals do when they try to trade him, what they try to get, because that what they're gonna what they expect back, rightfully so, is just a litter of of uh, prospects. So. Um, that's going to be something to watch out for. And one more thing, one more thing before we go is that I just got a notification, uh, saying that the Mets, um, are in talks with the Cubs to acquire Wilson and Robertson for prospects. Um, and to be honest, if we were going to send them anywhere, um, that's one place I'm okay with because, uh, guess where Pete Crow Armstrong came from, uh, the Mets and, uh, yeah, and 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 uh, Steve Cohen is the type of guy who will do whatever it takes to get a guy. He's not going to shy away from you know, a guy, you know, giving away players and stuff like that. And their whole Mets organization, I should say, because they're trying to win now. Yeah, so yeah. that's if we're going to send if we're going to send them anywhere, that's a place um, to do it. So Absolutely. we'll see what we'll see what happens. Um, uh, but uh, for that, I think we'll we'll wrap it up right there. Uh, for another episode of At Bat Baseball Podcast uh, presented by War Media, this was Saul Rodriguez along with Miles Porter, and we will see you guys next week.